Hey everyone, it's Naomi Sneakers and welcome to the Firecracker Department. I just want to say, right out of the gate, thank you. Thank you so much to all those folks that have been tweeting and leaving comments and messages uh, about the various episodes. I really, really appreciate it. You know, we put the um, Zoe Palmer podcast out and so many people responded with such love and positivity and uh, uh, it really, really makes a difference. I just want to thank you for taking the time for that. Uh, and we have such amazing, I've been recording a bunch of podcasts here in Los Angeles and there's so many great podcasts coming up. I can't wait to share them with you. This week, I'm not going to lie to you. This week has been lacking in inspiration for me. Lacking. I was trying to think like what's been inspiring for me. And I was like, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe that meal I had. Cause I had a really great burrito at Teresa's tacos honest to god one of the best burritos i've ever had but i was like i don't really want to talk about that and then i thought well let's talk about how hard it is to be inspired sometimes and what tools we use to get inspired because that's not easy too so what i've been doing this week is spending time with friends and we have you know we've recently uh started our community here in los angeles and it's not easy like you're building a whole new community and finding friends and everything else, but we have the start of some friends that I know I'm gonna know forever. They're gonna be lifelong friends. We have like the Amy and Corey that, you know, we go and have movie nights together or trivia nights, but they're just lovely, kind, supportive friends. Uh, Amy recently produced uh, like an improv workshop for me and we're gonna do it again in the fall here in Los Angeles. Um, but they're just, they're just yes people. They're like, yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. And I love being around that kind of energy. And then we have like the Rick and the Laura who spontaneously invite us over for a barbecue. And um, Laura Hall is actually going to be one of our guests coming up. So you're going to want to listen to that interview because she's just a wealth of wisdom. And, you know, you come away from spending an evening with Rick and Laura and you can't help but feel, I don't know, better, fuller. You know, they're funny and they're thoughtful and they're supportive. They ask questions of you and it's it's a real honor to be part of their world. And then we have like, we had breakfast with Mark and his daughter Ellie, who just bring a whole other lot of joy to us. You know, his daughter's hilarious. I love children that make me laugh, like honestly make me laugh because they've got a sense of humor. This one's fantastic. And Mark is no slouch himself as a comedian. And his wife, Carla, Carla Gallo, is going to be coming up as a uh, firecracker uh, interview as well. So that's what I've been doing to try and stay or get inspired. I've been listening to a bunch of um, TED Talks, uh, you know, Brené Brown and uh, podcasts, Mark Maron, those kind of things. So that's been helping a little bit too. But who knows? Like, where do you get your inspiration from? I can know when my inspiration tank is empty I know that I have to go out there and get fed so I see a show or I go to an art gallery and uh, that feeds me but what do you do I think that's a whole other list on our website how do you get inspired because that's the tricky part sometimes when you feel like your inspiration tank is empty and you can't generate you can't just do that on your own you need outside sources and that's where friends come in thank goodness speaking of 
fantastic friends. My guest today, Jen Robertson, she's one of my dearest, dearest friends, and she and I have longevity friendship too. Like, no matter what country or city we've been living in, we keep in touch, and um, she's a constant source of support and inspiration. And uh, what I love is, with these kind of friendships, you, you don't start small with your discussions. You just go right to the heart. We don't start by talking about movies and weather. We go like, how's your relationship? What's going on in your life? And we go right to it. And uh, I love that about Jen. She makes my world a way better place. And she's funny. Oh my God. She's on Shit's Creek for God's sake. She plays Jocelyn Shit. And uh, oh my God, she's the shit. Go and check her out right now. Put this on pause. Go see Jocelyn Shit do funny stuff on Shit's Creek. It's just fantastic. And anything she does, every time I see her on camera or in real life, she makes me laugh. We have such a wild history together. Like we've been almost on the same show a couple of times. Like we shared a position on the Strombo uh, panel for a year, but we didn't really work together. And then we were on uh, Winging It, but she played the mom and I played one of the angels. So we've sort of, I don't know, danced around being on the same show at the same time. But you know, we're working on shows together too. So just watch out world. But watch out world for Jen Robertson because she's coming up with great ideas and she's a force. Believe you me, she's a force. Here she is, my buddy, Jen Robertson. I watched all these like YouTube clips of like your stand-up oh. and then um I just and then I watched a bunch of the um half hour half hour we should talk about that I would love to but it you're you're so delightful on camera you're it's just the so, best hair I've ever had it's that's what happens hair. when really you sell your soul unintentionally unintentionally and end up on a fox show you will have the greatest hair of your life you look fantastic volume, your wardrobe was fantastic <laughs> volume like, content content very upsetting, but my hair, I think, is the takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that. but you're very funny, and you're always charming, and your stand-up's smart and funny, but it's not, like, it's it's not It's a bit of an or... unfulfilled thing for me, my yeah. stand-up. is it? Because I never found the time, because you have to put the time. Yeah. And I never found the time to do it, and so it always was kind of like... Remember the time I almost dated that person? It feels a little bit like that. Right. Sort of. Except that person is now married with kids and stand-up's still available for you. True. <laughs> but as a single parent, is stand-up still available for me? Well, maybe. Can I really hit the town? Well, maybe not. <laughs> on open mics with a bunch of it. That was right. the part. It's like the 20-year-olds yeah. that yeah. are. Doing like three shows in a night. Doing three and... shows in a night and because they're open mics and so they're in that fresh thing to comedy, which what yeah. happens a lot at times in stand-up, is they talk about very controversial things, Topical, but they yeah. don't have the experience to back up their jokes, mm -hmm. and then it's just very painful. Yeah. A lot so. of poo-poo bum-bum Yeah. Jokes. Well, way, way beyond poo-poo yeah, bum-bum. Like, things right. that I don't even know, what, like, they're talking. <laughs> I don't understand those <laughs> Like, I go home and Google it and go, dear sweet mother of God. <laughs> How many times have you Googled in a comedy show where you're like, yeah. oh, that's oh, what you're talking about? All right, felching, yeah, got that. That's now I know like... what felching is. Thanks, amateur night. Audience, you might want to Google that because <laughs> I think our wheelhouse will not be. <laughs> but that's like, I mean, stand up is available to you when Lola grows yes. up a little bit yes. and is able to burn. come with me. <laughs> and we become a duo. Oh my God. <laughs> Mother and daughter comedy duo. <laughs> the next Joan and Melissa. That's not awful. No. 
She's hilarious, although She's hilarious. babies and dogs. And then it'll be like, who is that lady with the fantastic child? And yeah. Like overshadowed. It'll happen. Um, I often think about that with stand-up because I don't... You have to put your hours in. Yeah. And you put your hours in as... Like a writer, as an actor, as a host, as a comedian in, in different ways. I spread my hours to... <laughs> yeah. To... But you do. you got to do those you shows. You do. In Canada, you have to do everything. Yeah. I don't while know. you're working a day job and... Yeah. But you also... I mean, I was watching... A medical thing. Like, so many of the Second City people do that. Oh, uh, yeah. They pretend they're patients and yes. they have symptoms. Yes. Have you ever I, done that No, before? but I definitely financially have been in positions where I was like, I better get the number of that medical and then something has saved the day at the last minute. Yeah. But. Yeah. There was also, I used to do the ones where, um, there, it was with cops. So you would go in and pretend you were being arrested for whatever. Right. And they would arrest you and they'd have to, and then have notes. What were you arrested for? So, well, I got the one where my husband, they had to come to my door. So they actually had a home. Like you're like a, a, mock had, like, a home. studio home. Yeah. And they had come to the door and tell me my husband had died. So no. all day I had to like arrive no. at my husband. You mean like cop after cop after cop? Yeah. And they weren't, like some of them weren't very good at it. <laughs> they could make eye contact and they were like, uh, like just make it awful. And wow. another guy pulled me over. He had a car and he pulled me over. And then, um, I just, like I just ran. They just bolted and they were like, what did <laughs> we do? Okay. Like, <laughs> it was fun. That's the greatest job. I mean, that's hard work. The dead husband is that like. a hard day. What's the weirdest job you've ever had during our, your your acting career right now that you've done? Like, I just got to make some money. Weird acting job? Sure. For sure, the half hour news hour is the weirdest. Right. When they we were told it was like middle of the road politically, and then when the show got picked up, I was sitting at a table with Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter. Holy crap! So how long ago? This is like this is six this. six years ago. Seven, yeah. seven years ago? So this is a show on ABC that was called... On Fox. Oh, sorry, Fox. Yeah. And um, it was supposed to be like a Jon Stewart-esque thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. this hour is 22 minutes. And in fact, when they changed the title to the half-hour news hour, I said, uh, you know, there's a really popular show in Canada. And then they're like, well, that's in Canada. We don't care. Oh, yeah. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. So, yeah, we were told at the callbacks that it was middle of the road politically. And if anyone had a problem, and I said, if it's the middle of the road, I don't have a problem. I said, I do have a problem if it's, like, crazy right-wing propaganda. And they said it wasn't. And then... Here, and here then it was. Are. And there so were, like, some... Muslim... There was a point where there were Muslim <coughs> jokes that they had written. I'm like, I'm not going to say it. Right. Like, there was a day in studio where they just... It was jokes on a prompter. And we got to it. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not to... Uh, oh, wait my for the gosh. next. Like, it was a standoff. Between me and them, and I'm like, I'll wait as yeah. long as it takes. You can't make me say it. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> like, saying this joke. I'm just not. They could have been superimposed those, like, yeah. those, uh, those video lips. lips. like Conan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like that, her voice didn't sound well, the same that was that weird, joke. and her lipstick uh, changed. But that must have been weird because it was such a success for you to book something like that. It was. My dad was so excited. He put Google Alert for my name. Yeah. And then... Two days later, he called me, almost in tears, saying I had to turn off the Google alert. Oh, no. He said, because people are saying such horrible... And it did take that womanly twist yeah. of people would say things like... Are we allowed to swear on yeah. this podcast? People so would say in, things in fact, like... I encourage it. I'd like to fuck that girl so hard I change the way she votes. Like, I mean, it really oh my was... God. 
that experience of like... I didn't know that you got that backlash. Huge backlash. There's still a guy who haunts me on IMDb. Really? Yeah. And that was... uh, Because you did one season of it. We did 13 episodes, thankfully. Right before the next uh, Democratic convention with Hillary and Obama. Well, you know what's interesting is I was watching a clip and it was about Hillary. Right. It was the Hillary clip. So you actually could have just taken that and put it on today's news. Yeah. Um... So you had a lot of backlash, and did you talk to, like, your fellow comedians about that on set? Or how did the producers deal with the backlash? They didn't care. They didn't care. They were very Republican, and there is a real feeling. My co-anchor on the show was yeah. not, and I think he's still emotionally scarred. Yeah. He bought a Prius. Right. And he, they made fun of him every day. Right. Because he bought a Prius, and you're like, this is... Oh, I'm right in the heart of, like... This, this, this idealism of weird things, like it's not patriotic to buy a car that saves gas. That's un-American. So it was Joel Cernow, who's like a huge producer. And on many levels, I really enjoy Joel as a human being, but like a lot of our political views couldn't be. And it's what you signed up for, but you didn't know you signed up for. I didn't know I signed up for it, yeah. That would be really traumatic. Um, My... uh, Work working with um, training police officers pales in comparison to what you just told me. <laughs> pales in comparison to sitting around with cigar smoking Republicans. Yeah. What I was mean, the weirdest? The whole... What are the What are the weirdest like um, interviews that you had to do for that? Our sketches were particularly weird. Mm-hmm. There were some of the desk jokes that were middle of the road that I actually thought were funny. If yeah. they weren't too like Republican, right? Republican is a really hard. Because extreme Republicans, I will use the word extreme, it's so mean. It's not funny. Uh, But we would have sketches where we made fun of, like, uh, CFL bulbs, the ones that, like, you you lived for, like, seven years. Yeah. That they were full of mercury. And so people could get them, but it was going to, like, fill their homes with poisonous mercury. Right. Like, there was a real... Yeah. North Korea kind of feel to like a dear father. You were writing for that show. No. No. Were you ever approached to do that? No. No. And I thought all the writers were just working on the show like me. I didn't know they were Republicans. (laughs) I found out they were all Republicans. What, like, like, where's that? What lesson did that teach you? Like, that's a really... Uh, Ask important questions before you go. So if they had told you what the show was actually like, would you have turned it down? Absolutely, I would have turned it down. Because it was such a, like, like you moved to L.A. and booked it, like, a second later. Like, it was a quick success. Yeah. So I can imagine, like, the challenge of going, well, I really want to work and make money and be an actor living in L.A. Had I known, I didn't know until that dinner when we were actually sitting with those two people... And Ann Coulter was everything you'd think she would be. Wow. She got drunk. She was yelling about, you can't trust a Cuban. Oh, my God. She was like, like having to with grandparents. That's Rush Limbaugh was, like, looking down my top and inviting me to the compound. Like, it was one of the most was surreal. The I didn't go. <laughs> I didn't go to the compound. I mean, in the community, when I go for auditions, yeah. I'd be in there for 25 minutes because everybody would want to know. What that experience All the casting like. people were like, oh, tell me about the... <laughs> Yeah. Tell me about what it's like on that show. Tell me about the... Well, anybody. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I think that that whole experience is so reflecting of, like, L.A. life, too. Going it's like, like someone I? who almost died on Kilimanjaro. Like, you want to yeah. know the gritty details of, like, how how you came back from that. Well, let's, let's go back, because that was, like... 
And it feels like I look back at your career because you've had so many um, tipping points. It feels like yeah. there's so many times that you're like, holy crap, that's a good break. And that's a good break. Uh, that that like, I think you know, lots of people in Canada have that experience. I don't know. Especially you, though. It feels like you, you've been on so many different series and you've like nurtured your, your role as a writer constantly. Like It feels like people know you as an actor-writer. I, I'm working towards doing as you are as well, yeah. of like trying to do more writing. Just because you write your own yeah. stand-up. You write, you know, anybody yeah. who has that kind of... And also the work that you did when you did, like, um, To Die For, right. the, the film. So right, things like right. that, people know you as a writer as well. Right. But um, do you think, like, going back, so you were you are brought up by a guy who was a prolific writer. Like, who's who was a satirist. So, <laughs> right. um, uh, Bob Robertson from Double Exposure. Yeah. So was that prominent in your, um, like, upbringing to have, like, him writing? You'd be like, what are you writing? Can I write something like that? Was that... I don't think so. I think it's very much like it, that's your parents' job. And you don't... You're right. not that observant. Like, I don't know if you wanted to be a chemist when you watched your dad... No, um, no, I played in labs, though. Yes, like exactly. I, so like, I, I, I would go to the radio station and, yeah. like, go to the vending machine and, yes. like... <laughs> I went to the vending machine in the university. It's that all was... about where the vending machines are. We could have been vending kid. machine repairmen. We just <laughs> that was know. our destiny. Um, it was, to me, like, if you don't know that is not being normal, right? it seems normal. So my dad started doing, on just, like, a regular radio station... And he was originally a program director. He was okay. behind uh, the scenes and then started doing these comedy bits for this morning show in mm -hmm. Vancouver. But he would do them on the phone. Really? And so we'd be eating breakfast and he'd be upstairs. <laughs> and he did like a bang on Queen Elizabeth. Right. So we'd be like eating. And my husband and I <laughs> would like to thank you. That's great. It was crazy. But that was just our yeah. life. Yeah. I it's, knew we were a bit different, yeah. but... Because uh, what was your mom doing at the time? Were they still married <laughs> at the time? My mother's still married. Yeah. My mother, back then, the world's most serious woman, right. so married to a comedian. Why didn't that work? Well, that was yeah. so weird. Yeah. Um, she was teaching. She got her teaching degree and then, then ran a Montessori preschool. Right. So smarty pants, though. Smarty like... pants, but just, like, and, and didn't grow career. up with, sarca with sarcasm. Right. So she was unused. Oh, she's got it now. She still yeah. doesn't care for it. She doesn't like it. She, does, she was. She's looking after Lola right now in yeah. California, and she. I had to get her on my car insurance, and I said, "All they want to know is your license, and just if you had any accidents." And she kind of made a face, and I went, "Have you had accidents recently?" She goes, "I hit a couple of things." <laughs> I was like, "What? <laughs> what did you hit?" And she was like, "A fence." And I've been there 19 times as a dressmaker, but I blame the fence. And then she said, and I also hit the gardening truck in our complex, but he was parked in a blind spot, she says. What? And I'm like, I don't think blind spot applies to a stationary vehicle. And she goes, well, he's parking in all the wrong spots because two weeks later someone else hit him. I'm like, that poor gardener is like, I am done with this complex yeah. if more people run into my truck. Oh, Poor guy. But So she wasn't sarcastic. So she wasn't, dad... but I said, I said, I think the blind spot doesn't apply. And right. she was like, Jennifer, don't start with me. Don't <laughs> start. Don't. I don't want your jokes. So that's why ultimately I think they, and then they found perfect partners. Yeah. My dad is married to his partner on Double Exposure, Linda, yeah, Cullen. Linda Cullen. And my They've mom been married forever. They've been married forever, and my yeah. mom is married to the wonderful Charles Bourdieu. 
<laughs> the Which little... isn't a real name, but I still love it's it. This is his yeah. real name. Or his alias. Yeah. Who we knows? Who knows? Uh, how old were you when they got divorced? 16. Was that like... It feels like that was very popular around the six. It was super trendy. I had a satin blouse and a brooch at my neck. Puff sleeves. And my parents were splitting. It was a very after-school special. It was all right. I mean, as far as those things go, I don't know. They're now great friends. It's amazing. They live five minutes from each other, and the four of them go to like the farmers market together. So. There can be world peace. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you might need to step away for a little while. Need time. Then, yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit of time. Just 20 years and then... 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So when you were living in um, Vancouver, that's with your folks, mm-hmm. and then when... Like, did you go to theater school or anything like that? Like, did I you did. Go, where did you go to theater school? I went to this little theater school called the Film and Theater School of Canada, and they only ran for it only ran for five years. But right. it was people who taught at Studio 50, 58, yes. 54, which is the nightclub, and which the, is the yeah okay. So fifty eight is the the popular acting school yeah. in Capilano College, and um, I was rejected from them, um, and got into this program. But it was really good. It was two years. It was 15 people each level, mm-hmm. so it was very hands-on. Anybody in your class that you still keep in touch with? Or There's some on? of them working, yeah. for sure. You say that so shockingly. <laughs> no, I mean, what are the odds? There's yeah. only 15 of you. Yeah, it's true. If you can see someone else, I think like three or four of us from our level are still working. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, but like, because... When you grow up in an artistic home, mm-hmm. it, it's not necessarily a choice to become an actor. Right. It's sort of like, well, I'm just going to keep doing what we've been doing. Did you ever make that choice? Do you ever go, oh, I need to do this as a profession? No, I think it was me, and now I see it now in my six-year-old, that it's just there. Yeah. You can't. I want her to be a doctor or a Anything lawyer, else. but there's this creative yeah. thing that's just coming out of her, and it was the same with me. Apparently, all the, the stuffies had voices. and Yeah things like that yeah so so there's no there was no choice there was no choice and did you ever like like was there a moment that you doubted it like you like for me when I five minutes ago yeah <laughs> oh, but now you've had yeah. success like you're yeah. on Shit's Creek it must feel like you're you're okay like it's an incredible thing to have a as you know to have a steady tv job is yeah amazing and rare in Canada and um I'm grateful for it every day mm-hmm you know? But then growing up, like, the choice of becoming an actor, like, did your parents encourage you? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think my mom always hoped <laughs> I would change my mind, and then I think at a certain age, I think at, when I turned 40, she realized <laughs> <laughs> gonna I wasn't going to be a teacher or a nurse, yeah. that this was going to be... I told you, she made me take career testing. No. Oh, yeah. For my birthday last year. Yes. Because Happy she just, birthday. and that's not out of not loving what I do. It's just out of a fear of like how volatile this business is. And I, the fear is real. It's not like that's not a real thing, but mm-hmm. she was really hoping that it would say you'd make a great like nurse. She's really hung up on the nurse thing. Yeah. And, um, no, I am like 97% creative. No. Well. The what first thing the lady said was, I hope someone else does your taxes. Because you <laughs> really can't do math. Oh, <laughs> yes. Like, they do. So then you just made the transition into school. And then did you stay in Vancouver for a theater while? school. And then right after theater school, I went to, to Toronto and did, like, all the levels of Second City. Right. Audition. Didn't get in. Was only 21. Right. So it was, like, broken hearted. Yeah. 
Did you think it was over? Did you think at that point you're like, I gotta rethink my career path? I don't think I thought rethink my career path, but I just needed some recovery time. So I went back to Vancouver and worked a bunch of jobs and did some sketch and did some stuff around. Yeah, what was happening in Vancouver around then? It was like there was like a pocket of ladies we did like a bunch. It was like Christine von Hagen. And uh, Diana Francis Fantastic. and Ellie Harvey, and there were some comedy nights that we would do, and so those are some of my favorite ladies. Yeah, like still hilarious and hilarious, hilarious, and so ballsy, and yeah. I did that, and then you know a couple years later realized if I wanted to do comedy for me, the place was to go back to Toronto. Yeah. So then I took more Second City classes. Yeah. And auditioned. Again, like a whole bunch of times. Yeah. <laughs> so many times I auditioned. Yeah. And, and it's never connected. Just timing stuff. Like, they had a blonde. That's fine. You know what I mean? It's in... I've got to be friends with... I still feel like I'm kind of a part of the community, yeah. only because of you and, like, all the people I know. I feel like I've had... It feels Almost like you, the experience yeah. without having to put in the stage time. <laughs> without the heartache, without of, the the stage heartache time. of the stage time. Um, where did you live when you moved to Toronto? Where didn't I live? Really? Oh my god. That's like a that's like a consistent thing for you. Yeah. That you like I don't know that I've known you in the same house for more than a year. I don't know that I've been in it's I know. It's exhausting. Yeah. I lived in so many places. The weirdest place I think I ever lived in Toronto was with Christine von Hagen. It was Christine Von Hagen, Jamila Ross, myself, and my friend Lisa found this four-bedroom place on Parliament and Church area. I lived at Parliament and Dundas. You didn't live where we lived, because I think where we lived used to be a bathhouse. (laughs) I think the bathhouse ladies walked past my place to go to yours. Because all our bedroom doors had numbers. Oh, my gosh. And there there were lockers and a sauna. And there was no phone line. Like, it was the strangest, sketchiest apartment that I... Was it fun, though? It was, like, your first year in Toronto, like, good times. That wasn't my first year. That was, like, a few apartments in. (laughs) But that was definitely the weirdest. And did you guys have, like, lady comedy parties there? What did you do? We watched a lot of movies. I rented... God, what was the movie? It was something super embarrassing. It wasn't Weekend at Bernie's, but it was something along those lines... When you still rented movies. Right. And the we, four of us must have watched it. Like, it became this ongoing joke of, like, what the late fee was. Right. And then whenever we'd be sitting around having a drink, we'd be like, let's watch it again. Like, really? You watched it that, weird... and you can't even remember the title. You watched it all over and over again. Yeah. And it was the embarrassment of whatever that movie was. Right. I never returned it. I know that. <laughs> and I still have it to this day. I still day. have it in my purse. <laughs> well, come on Wait, in. What was it? Oh, God, it'll come to me. But anyways. Yeah. So, uh, and then. So many places. Bachelors, shared roommate. Not too many shared roommates. Like that one was sort of one of the few, mostly like on my own, occasionally with gentlemen. (laughs) Do you live with a lot of guys? No. How many guys have you lived with? Four or five. Not including your dog, Norman. Okay. Who's not really a gentleman. He's not really a gentleman. Nobody that much. He's not a gentleman. You're right. You're right. I'd say four or five. Right. Not that many. Um, did you like living in Toronto? Was it like an exciting time for you? Yeah. Did you have like goals that you're like, okay, now I'm in Toronto, I gotta do this? You know, I don't think I was so much a. I knew the types of things that I wanted, 
But I felt like if I wrote down exactly the thing that I wanted, that I was pushing myself towards something that maybe wasn't right. So I kind of took it a little more organically. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Of like, these are the types of jobs I want. These are the types of things. But instead of saying, I'm going to be the next anchor on this hour's 22 minutes, or I'm going to be, I was like, these are the types of things I want. This is how I want to feel about what I want to do. Instead of like pigeonholing myself going, it's either that or I'm a failure. Because it's such a hard business anyways. Yeah. You just keep working. That's smart. Like, all you do is keep working. Yeah. And hopefully the the work will propel you, and you'll be in a place where you're like, oh, God, this is a thing that I wanted to do. When's the last time you felt that? This is the thing I wanted to yeah. do? Yeah. Shit's Creek, for yeah. sure. Yeah. That must have blown your mind. I'm, totally. I'm, we're jumping ahead to, to in life I and know. missing things, but... Uh, yeah. But the moment of, like, booking Shit's Creek and working with Cash O'Hara and Nathan <sighs> Levy... The first scene I did was with the two of them, and I was how did you get on so nervous? I I didn't. I couldn't remember blocking. I couldn't. I was holding a tuna casserole. Right. So I think that would calm you. And then I was like, "Would that does that calm you?" (laughs) You're like, "She's panicking. Get her a get her a fishy smelling casserole. (laughs) That's just gonna cut through these nerves." Yeah, a fish casserole. Yeah. Yeah, it's surreal, and they're delightful. Eugene is such a delightful human being. Yeah. And when you make him laugh, it's like the greatest. Oh my god, Catherine's and I'm not saying she's an easy laugh, but she's definitely more of a laugher. Yeah. Than he is, but if he actually, he won't even really laugh. He'll just kind of half smile. And right. Go, That's pretty funny. Yeah, you can make his brother <laughs> laugh easily. Yeah. Like Fred, yeah, and Dan. Yeah. For, oh, like, Fred. Oh, yeah. Like oh, I didn't get my taxes done on time, Fred, and then I'll get <laughs> some sort of joke going. And, <laughs> Accountant jokes. And Have a tiny chocolate bar. Yeah, right. That's he always right. gives you the tiny chocolate bar because it's so traumatizing doing it your taxes. It is so traumatizing. I know. Um, when you were uh, getting your feet into the world in um, in Toronto, did you have any, like, uh, heroes or mentors that you used to guide I love the people on the main stage. I really looked up to them. Yeah, and who were they at the time? Um, Catherine. Janet Vandergraaf, was she there? Janet Vandergraaf. Teresa Pavlenek. Yeah. Uh, and Catherine... Greenwood. Greenwood. Yeah. That was like a stellar. And then it was Ed Sahaley. Yeah. Those um, guys are geniuses. Yeah. Yeah. Oh Jonathan Wilson. Jonathan Wilson. Um, 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 uh, blonde. He did the talk radio. Chris, Chris Earl. Earl. Yeah. Like, and Steve Morrell, I think it was Yeah, those cast. guys are all and geniuses. Angela... Lansbury, weird, but she was there for a short time. <laughs> it's a yeah. really short time. She's gone. It's a mystery. Yeah, where she went. Um, yeah, and so they and did you like purposely follow them? Going, okay, I need you to support no. my. I watched them from afar uh, yeah. and wished that someday. Uh, I think finding like a hero or a mentor is hard. Like, yeah. Do you, have, do you have one now? I mean, there are people that I, I... Leslie Jones is pretty high on my list. She's pretty great. That lady, I Googled her age yesterday. She's 48 years old. She's incredible. She's on Saturday Night Live, and she's 48 years old, which breaks, like, shatters all of the... Because I don't know if you've been told this in the past. They're like, there's a cutoff for... There was always... I was always told there was a cutoff for casting on SNL, mm-hmm. and it was sort of like... By the time you're in your early to mid-30s, you're really just too old Done. to do it. Yeah. And I thought she was like, I didn't know how old she was, but I Googled it. When I found out she was 48, I was like, you are now even more my cool. hero. I know, Like, yeah. 
But it shouldn't be that way. Like, it it's shouldn't so be that way. It's Although like everyone, everyone else. It's like funny women, older women are funny too. In yeah. fact, I think sometimes, not on in all cases, because some young people are brilliant. Yeah. But the more you know yourself, the funnier. Right. That's a great You're going to be. Um, are there any 48-year-old men on SNL? I wonder what the oldest man who's been on there is. That's a good question. Let's Google it. I was, uh, take a moment. Google. Take a moment. Google. But I was told so- to somebody that they said at 50, find something else to do as opposed to acting. Because it's not going to be acting. Like, you're going to have to do teaching or just find something Who else to do. Who said that to you? I don't, I don't remember. That's a stupid thing to say. Don't do the thing you've been doing your whole life. It's done. It makes you happy. Yeah. 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 You're done. You're over. Yeah. You don't crossing feel that, guard. Do you? Do you I'm going to be that? a crossing guard. <laughs> the pay is fantastic. Hours, uh, just a little oh. bit in the morning, a little bit after school. My character work as a crossing guard. <laughs> um, do you feel that now, though? Do you feel like time is an issue for you in your career? It depends what space you want to live in. Yeah. Like, Well, you just moved back to L.A. Yeah. So that's a whole other... Well, you're in L.A. sometimes, too, so... Well, so are you. So are <laughs> both there. No, I, I mean... find... I, I actually was surprised the first pilot season that I was in L.A. that how many auditions that I went out for. Right. That, like, I think our time has changed. That's... I hope so. I hope so. I and mean, I don't think it's yeah. time to go, ah, good. We're good. We don't need to fight any <laughs> longer. Like, this. I think you always have to... Get yeah. your elbows up. That's what this feminist did in the seventies and then everything ground to a halt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna burn any bras. They're no. too expensive. But Yeah, you get a good fitting bra, <laughs> that's your best friend. You don't burn your best friend. <laughs> that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, well, as a mom too, right? Like yeah. you're sort of you've got this other pair of eyes on you to see like how you're growing and changing. Mm-hmm. And you're only human. Mm-hmm. Do you ever see like Choices that you've made reflected in her specifically? So far, because she's quite young, mm-hmm. they're very malleable <laughs> at that age. So, so far, I feel like the things that I really hammer home with her just come out the same way that I've put them in. Like, yeah, like what? Everybody's equal, no matter what they look like, no matter, you know, her very first marriage that she ever went to was a gay wedding. And so... Those types of crazy liberal views, right. I really hammer home to hers, and they come back. It's interesting. They they play with emotions right now, and and she's been spending time. I don't know if if her dad's been talking to her a lot about it, or this is just based on what she's heard about him. But she said to him the other day, she said, "I hate someone, Dad," and he said, "Who do you hate?" And she said, "Donald Trump." Oh. <laughs> Oh, and he said, oh, well, maybe not hate. And she's like, well, mommy told me that he just doesn't believe people are equal and that everybody can become something. And that's not a person. <laughs> and you're like, if you're going to hate one person, I know. I'm you okay with that. You have to one yeah. person. But hate is so strong. But they want to play with those, like, extremes. Right. Has she, has she said that I hate you, mommy, yet? No. I think that would break me. She says other two. things like, I'm not your friend. Oh, that would also You're not hurt. wearing necklaces tomorrow. Like, her <laughs> insults are, like, the weirdest. <laughs> One time she said, I don't like your arms. I'm like, neither do I. That's why I hired a trainer. <laughs> so. Do you say that outwardly? But, it, like, do you actually go, oh, no, but I'm working on it. And I'm okay with my body image. Like, Well, I know. Because I know there's this photo shoot coming up. And I'm trying to, like. Can you talk about that? Is that. 
It's not going to be aired until... Yeah. Okay, so Shit's Creek is coming together to do a Vanity Fair... A Vanity Fair photo shoot. Photo shoot. So if there's anything in the world that will give you a fitness goal, it's somebody saying, hey, there was a Vanity Fair photo shoot. So... The other thing, yeah. um, performing in a bikini in Midsummer Night's Dream, which was my first gig. <laughs> I was at the gym for two hours yeah. a day. You'll, you'll find the time. Like, you'll oh, be amazed man. what you won't eat and what you'll find. I worked out in my friend's garage last night, or, and I Skyped with my trainer. I had her on my little so phone, dedicated. and she's like, your form is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, you know, cancel it. I can just do that for you. She sees, like, Lola's like, hey, we're having ice cream. Are you going to have ice cream? And I don't want her to have things. Yeah. So I just said, mommy's watching what she eats because she's trying to get really strong and healthy. And that's how I'm phrasing it to her right now. I'm yeah. still eating food. Yeah. Just not eating that's ice hard. Cream. I know, strong. And then that's what she'll say now. Someone will go, oh, we're having cake. And she's like, mommy's not going to have any right now because she's busy getting strong. Right. So I feel like that's strong is better than I'm skinny. trying to get thinner or... Do you Look have, like, body clothes. body chats with Lola? Do you, like, go, are you, like, because she's this tiny little rake. Too. I know. Like, she's going to be, like, <laughs> Bambi, did you just say? Yeah, yeah, she is, like, a little Bambi. But do you have that discussion of, like, just be, be happy with where your body is at? She's not having, I'm not going to talk about it with her until she starts having. Like, she doesn't bring issue. it up. Doesn't bring it up. I right now, that. very body confident. Just nude a lot at home. And just happy with her yeah. body. And. It's weird. I look at her looking at herself in the mirror and she's making faces and she's doing all this stuff. And it's like this glimpse of like, that's what it was like when you looked in the mirror and you just liked everything that you saw. Yeah. Before so all the other things back came in. That? Like Let that's go. possible. Yeah. Well, I'm because I think at one point you just go, you look at your folks and you go, those are my jeans. Yeah. That's what I got. Yeah. I'm going to. Have those kind of hands. Have your girlfriend who's a makeup artist like mine age you so you can see yourself yeah. and what you're going to look like at 90 and go, that's lovely. It was gorgeous. It was on your Facebook and it was so, yeah. be- so beautiful. And it's just sort of like, it's going to come. Here's the thing. I don't like the in-between. I want to either Go, jump to that right? fast or golden just be girls? that weird old You want to be Sex in the City to Golden Girls and nothing wanna, in between. I want to be uh, like that gal from Harold Mudd. Like that little yeah, lady. Yeah, she was. She was sassy yeah. and stuff. He so, fell in love with her. Like, of course. I don't need to be in you love don't with need a, a teenager. But teenage boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. but you don't like, know what you're you... going to need. You're not very <laughs> Right, you don't know my life. You don't know what your needs are going to be. But I did read an article about a guy that said every morning, this is an older man, I think, he's, he's a producer, and I can't remember his name, but he's an older man, and he said every morning I take off my clothes and I dance naked. Really? And I was like, that's not something that I would do. <laughs> but, like, how did we adjust our thinking so that we just go, ah, this is just what I got. Yeah. This is the vessel. Yeah. I mean, thank God we're in comedy because yeah. I'm never, they're not going to go, remember when she was a size two and an ingenue? They'll be like, remember when she could make fart noises Yeah, we, didn't, we don't and... have that past to, yeah. to grapple with. Um, how do you change your thinking? Or how do you, you know, yeah. work? It's hard when we're in this business because mm-hmm. even though you and I are comedy character, there's still fittings mm-hmm. and I, it's like you know people who have joe jobs don't have to get on the phone with a stranger and share your sizes right yeah and so it is i think that's one of the biggest challenges and also with makeup and like hair and i'm you and i are not we don't shower as much as other people. 
Well, cats out of the bag. Dry shampoo and a PTA wash, and I'm hitting the streets. But PTA, what's that? Private tits and armpits. Oh my god, my my aunt used to call it a horse bath. A horse bath. But I was like too young to understand. Yeah, that's a weird. Maybe she could have called it something else. Like a PT. (laughs) Like a PTA. Um, but Lola sees me getting ready. It's a lot. For events and for things. And she's like, makeup, I need makeup. So we're struggling a little bit. Because it's also this weird thing of like, it's the fantasy, right? Mm -hmm. Like as a kid, like I liked makeup because I like to become a character. Yes. Not to make myself look glamorous. No. No. And so a child sort of relates to like make-believe to that. Yeah. And it's fun. But also just like, could I just wear lipstick to camp today? I'm like, no. No. Why? Because you're six. Yeah. Six-year-olds don't wear lipstick only if it's a costume. Like, that's what I'm like. It's a costume for you. Yeah. You can't wear makeup yeah. to camp. I don't know. That's, I mean, like, the pressure for our own, um, like, keeping ourselves sane is one thing, and then keeping your kid yeah. sane, too, is, like, a whole other level. I wish there was just, and you'll never have that time. You also never have time to get ready on your own. <laughs> And it's right when I have, like, five more minutes to get ready before you go to some event where people are taking pictures that she's always like, can I smell that? Can I try that? Mm-hmm. No. I'm like, let me just need, I just need, I just, I just need five minutes. I just need five minutes to pull this together because the car's coming and I'm in a hoodie yeah. and I need to just, I just, and finally I'll be like, take an eyeliner and go to your room. Yeah. Like, just please. <laughs> but I wish I could get ready not in front of her yeah. and not show her that process so young yeah i mean it's out there right with magazines yeah like, we don't i don't have magazines you know what she i home. just thought about this the other day we only have netflix right we haven't had cable in right. three years so she doesn't watch commercials right so i think they need to do a whole new study of this whole generation of kids that didn't see like the count chocula and the snoopy snow cone machine commercials like yeah. no and apparently it's killing the toy business yeah that's interesting i bet because if you don't have something, I mean, it's a Disney character or something they recognize. Like, what's who's her hero? Right now she's into Batgirl. Okay. But she's never seen, she's only seen a picture of her. Right. She doesn't know any of their names. She's given them, <laughs> I bought her some underwear. And the, there's other characters. She knows who Wonder Woman is, Supergirl and Batgirl, but there's other characters. And she's like, and that's Mask Lady. And that's crazy right. hair right, gal. Right, right. Like she doesn't really oh. know who they are. But I think that's cool that it's somebody strong and yeah, um, yeah. The the role models are changing. Yeah, right? like we've got folks like the gal from Star Wars. Yeah, and like that. Yeah, and, and um, Jennifer. But Lawrence. everybody should be able to like everything, right? Boys should be able to like princesses, and you know. Yeah. She's over pink. Like there was a pink phase, and she's yeah. over it. So exciting. Were you ever turquoise? Pink? I don't know if I was ever into pink. Never. I, I like rainbow. Right. I wanted all the colors. Me too. I was huge into rainbow. I would underline like title pages in all the color, like five underlines. <laughs> I tell you, I got through high school and title pages based charm. on your rainbow. Yeah, like how beautiful my my math book. Uh, Naomi, you're sixteen. The rainbow is <laughs> charming, but your thesis but is, uh, it, is entirely is it distracting <laughs> enough to get me through the class. <laughs> Why lizards oh. are tiny reptile reptiles of the past. Yeah. Rainbows. <laughs> Rainbow. Um, I want to go back for a second to like your because before Shit's Creek you were you, you'd done a bunch of series right you were in like Winging It and you had recurring on Degrassi and um, not no you had a no, oh um, no no um, Little Moss you had a recurring and 
Like you I did a couple of episodes of Degrassi too. Yeah. Yeah. So then like these kind of things, did you, did you find those satisfying creatively? Like what was the thing that you were still working towards? I think, um, I was working towards not being the token grown up on a teen show. <laughs> No offense to teens. No. Some of them are phenomenal actors and the Degrassi kids. And, I mean, winging it was fun. It was just a very, the the starring characters were the kids. Yeah. And so it was really hard to find in my character any dimensions or subtleties or uh, it was just kind of what it was. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was looking for. Yeah. Like, you know me, I kind of have a dark sense of humor. So if I can find... Somebody where I can put that in, and it's not easy on family shows right. to put in a really dark underlayer. But so many of those people are like that. Like I'm always playing uptight ladies. Yeah, and there is like a darkness because they're just holding it all in so desperately. Yeah, you know. Did you find any of those um, roles like that you were able to put that sense of humor into? I did. I mean, I think Jocelyn Shit is like that. Yeah, she's there's an under layer to her that there's a cheerful exterior but you see the, the holes in it a lot yeah a lot more that's what I, I love I love watching your the the seasons like as she develops and as the cracks become more right. apparent like it's so great and how first seasons she's just happy making yeah. jello casseroles and then and then you're like and then she's like oh god they're staying I, I can't keep this up yeah. at this level um I mean the the grassy character was interesting um, I mean, Winging It was really fun. I got to play Dylan, who played my son on Winging It. I then played his mom again for a movie last year, no way. which was so funny. I'm like, I guess I look like I'm your mom, because yeah. here we go again. Yeah. Um, and that was fun. That was a what interesting was shoot. It was called, I don't know what the title is now. The working title was Operation Insanity. Is that the one that you did uh, in Sudbury? No. That was a Hallmark. This was a... Right. I think it's going to be a TV movie in this. I'm not sure. Interesting experience. James Caan. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Sorvino. What was Lewis that Gossett like working Jr. Ju- Jessica Walters was incredible. Yeah. She's the mom from, um, oh, help me. With show with David Cry. Mom brain. Show with David Cross. And, um, um, oh, um, the yeah. rest of development. The rest of development. Mm-hmm. She's the mom. Yeah, she's fantastic. And she's been in everything. And yeah. she was like. I had two days with her, and she was, like, amazing. So sassy, right? So sassy, She's like so the smart. American Jane Eastwood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about, like, women's stuff, because there was a character that day, and one of the trailers just called Attractive Woman. Right. And we were like, oh, give her a name. Like, call her Kathy. Like, yeah. just give her something. And she was like, oh, the business. And she said, I remember, because she's got this heavy New York accent. She's like, a couple years ago, I auditioned to play a cow. For a very popular dairy company in New York. Very popular. And all I had to do was moo. <laughs> and I go in for my audition and I moo. And the director says, mm, we want you to moo more like a cow that's been happily married for 10 years. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And she said, what the fuck does that mean? I'm saying moo. Oh like, God. what is? where does 10 years put you? Those auditions blow my mind yeah but we've done them jerry hall did a voice audition they said you're giving me orange i'd like this to be red more purple 
just gave a color. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't know. That's How do fantastic. You reply Are you good at auditions? Do you like terrible. them? Terrible. Do you know anybody who likes auditions? No. No. Everybody I talk to, it's like why why are they such torture? But some people are better at it. Yeah. You see them and they're waiting out there with the rest of us and they're all put together. They don't have like fluff on their top <laughs> and they're like calm yeah. and I'm always like sweaty and Fluffy. Disheveled. Yeah. I was told I was disheveled at an audition. Who told you that? In LA. <laughs> really? They got you? I, to their credit, I was slightly disheveled. We'd only lived there for like two weeks and right. we were like apartment hunting. And Brandon was at a Starbucks with Lola and she's like six months old. Like we didn't have anywhere. And I went in. <laughs> and apparently the audition itself was good, but this director, it was um, Cameron Crowe. Right. Really relies on the conversation no one told me this beforehand the conversation before is like more important than the audition right and they just kept asking me questions and I I didn't have anywhere to live like I didn't know right. what's happening so I wasn't that relaxed and yeah. easy going and the, the feedback was her audition was great but she seemed a bit personally disheveled which were which I yeah was. so <laughs> suck it up buttercup <laughs> What now? So Shit's Creek. That's gonna. We're in season three now. Shot season three. And um, you know, you'll go a hundred years, or who knows? Who knows? Vanity Fair cover is coming out. How do you? It's feel not about a cover. That? Well, it's, not a cover. it's an article. It's an article. But how do you feel about that? Like that's a pretty big step in the world it's of a huge recognition deal. too. And like, there's um, a man at Vanity Fair, I guess, who really, really likes the show. Nice. And so he's pushed. To sort of have it happen, and it's really nice they're including. It's gonna be, I don't know what the because they don't tell you in advance. Yeah, they ask your sizes. They're gonna dress everybody a certain. Do you think way. it'd be one of those ones where you're all wearing like turn of the century <laughs> maybe wigs and eyebrows? I don't know. What I'm we're excited gonna be, for you. I don't know what we're gonna be wearing, but it's like a good number of cast members. Like yeah. I think at least eight or nine of us. Oh wow! Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's exciting because sometimes with ensemble things you kind of get. It's hard to accommodate yeah. everybody, so. Yeah. I don't know. Um, do you have, like, so then you're writing as well? Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> with your writing, was there a moment, because you've been writing, like, it feels like you've always been writing something. Like, when you started acting, did you know that you had to write? It, that started mm-hmm. a long time ago. It started, like, in high school. I ran for social convener. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> of course you did. <clears throat> I decided the best way to reach people was to be like my dad, was to do comedy and, like, do impressions. So we ran in, like, a duo. It was, like, Taryn Durkin for president and me for social convener. And so I I don't remember exactly what I wrote, but I believe I did a Ronald Reagan oh, no. impression. <laughs> I love that. We won. I mean, the school closed. <laughs> So I never got my year of glory. That's like saying, like, the Broadway show got yeah. put on. The house and burned down. The house yeah. burned down. Everyone died. Uh, so I never got my year. But I back then I was like, no, we have to write some things yeah. that are funny. And So you, it, I think it's probably, like, also it's having like your dad you. around, you, too. You gotta create. But I just knew, like, I, I didn't write because, like, nobody wrote a comedy in my household. <laughs> My dad's an no. organic chemistry right. professor. My mom's hilarious. Stayed at home and yeah, which is so, <laughs> so funny. funny. But I, I just knew that I had to create my own stuff. Yeah, I was, I was too impatient. Yeah, but you've always seemed like, you know, like 
creating projects like To Die For. Right. So that film... That was just out of frustration. We did it as a play. Right. Um, first I was like, I'm going to do a one-woman show. And I was like, that takes a lot of time. I'm going to ask three really talented friends, and we're going to do a four-person show. Yeah. And we did that at a comedy club, and barely, you know, it was my first and only experience producing theater, making no money. Right, yeah. Um, but on the last night of the stage performance, our friend David Kitching came, who's a producer, and he was like, I want to pitch this. This is at a time, it's really hard to wrap your head around, where CBC shot plays in a studio right. and, like, broadcast them. So they and then we actually did it as a... A special, and it was so great. Yeah. It was what so it, fun. What was the thing that you took away from that as, like, the biggest victory? That I chose the project because I couldn't get anybody to hire me, and I couldn't find work, and then we just kept pushing through, and all the ladies pushed through. I mean, we stood out on the street and handed out we had really shirts. Glad. Just, like... I'm glad you said and handed out. Like, yeah. We stood out not on the street. stood on the street. We just, like, handed out flyers and wore t-shirts <laughs> for the show and, like, did everything we could. And we were like, oh, what is it worth? And then somebody was like, hey, you could do it as a TV special. We're like, yeah. oh. And, of course... Can't give up. Can't give up. Did anything come out of the TV show? Like, did you see... Other than the skills that you right. gained from it? Did you see it changing your career? I think it was an eye-opener. Yeah. And I think it was an eye-opener for everybody who was a part of it. I know Jerry Hall still talks about that, saying, like, that that was a moment she went, okay, obviously this is this can happen if mm-hmm. you do your own stuff. Eventually it can turn into something else. So, yeah, you know, it was, it was, there were challenges. And then you and I did the reading did. of To Kill For, which I still think should be a thing. It could always be a thing. Always be a thing. The, anything this right this, this is chat a thing. could be a thing this fact. is gonna be a TV special um did you so then you when you're writing did it go into stand-up and sketch because you wrote and were on comedy Inc too right yeah now, did five you get hired? years I can't believe that I got hired as a years. writer yeah um Gavin Stevens and I were just writers and then eventually we just sort of like we're like there's these two characters why don't we show you how it goes <laughs> yeah we happen to have our costumes already fit. <laughs> So we kind of wormed our way onto the first season, and then, and then you know that was also a strange experience because the the final product was mostly dreadful. Everyone will agree, well, but we happened? formed like friendships. All the we're all yeah. still friends. Great people. The in that people show. from that show because yeah. we went through an experience together. <laughs> I mean, trenches. Thirteen episodes of television, shot in six days. That's insane. So we rehearse everything over two weeks, and then for six nights straight, no breaks, we'd record the entire season. I went to a couple of tapings. Those were long tapings. They were long (laughs) tapings, but I just loved, I loved everybody in the cast so much. Like, they're such genius comedians. Yeah. Um, And so what do you think happened? Like, like, because I remember hearing Mm -hmm. stories about it. Mm -hmm. I had just arrived to Toronto, but I remember hearing stories about the work on that. Like, what do you think happened between hiring these Comic yeah. geniuses. Who wrote things. Yeah. And then, well, a couple things happened. One of them was the second take, um, the producer and director always told us to just go crazy and go off the rails. Yeah. And then they always chose the second take. Right. <laughs> they never chose the one that had a clear ending. Right. Um, also, uh, you know, really, to like pull like way, 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 way back, 
I don't think our producer loved comedy. And if you don't love something with every ounce of your being, yeah. as you know, if you're going to make a TV show, like it will take over your entire life. And that's kind of the only way that you get the thing that you really wanted at the end of the day. And, you know, I remember in season one, somebody was talking about Dave Chappelle and she said, who's Dave Chappelle? And you're like, mm-hmm. you should know, you should know. Yeah. And, and so I think it wasn't or just that pretend she, you know, like, like oh yeah, and then you know. quickly look, research. Yeah, and then yeah. <laughs> go back down mm. to We didn't have Google then, but she had staff. I mean, parts of the experience were great, but it was really just showing how if you don't live, eat, and breathe something and you're in control and you have the final say of everything, it's not going to be great. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, Dan Levy, you and I have talked about this, yeah. lives, eats, and breathes. He's inspiring great. that way. It's ridiculous. He needs a B12 shot. Like, he, yeah. every detail, nothing is left. And that's the thing is, if you're the at the helm... You gotta. You have to, yeah. everything has to be exactly how you want it because he, him and I were talking about it and he said, because at least, he said, when I was doing the first season, I thought, if nobody likes it, I don't have anything else to blame because yeah. I've made sure that every step along the way, I got it to be exactly what I wanted. So it's better to do exactly what you wanted and then if it fails, it fails instead of half doing it and then questioning yourself going, well, if I'd stuck to my guns. Yeah. Would this still be what this thing is? So, why does that happen though? Like, because we've all been in situations where we don't stick to our guns. Yeah. And we try to. We're on Republican comedy shows. Right. <laughs> right. So how? Okay. How do you how do you challenge um, controversy or conflict? Yeah. And get your way. Like you found this as well. Like yeah. In writing rooms. Right. Or, yeah. How, do you have the answer? Because I'm really, I really need. <laughs> I it. really need that. Well, as you know. It, you're going to come up against it, yeah. I guess, is part of the thing. I think um, as females, we take all of it a, a lot more personally yeah. um, than other people do. And so we have to stop taking it as personally. But can we? Like, I like that I'm sensitive. Yeah. And so I don't want to get rid of that personality no. trait. No. I think you can still ask for those things. It's just the asking. Like, that's what I'm... I'm now in the middle of my life trying to get... No, you... you get good at asking, though, for yeah. the thing. Like... Or why do we have to ask? Like, so I see... Like, I'm I'm in admiration of Jerry when he goes, oh, uh, like, he doesn't apologize for... No. Anything. You know, there's no apology... Right. ...for changing something because it's his show and it should be yes. that way. Yes, yes. And so he'll just go, we need to do this. Yeah. And if it was me, I'd be like, oh, guys, I'm so sorry. God, you know what? Dinner's on me. You know what? Let me buy you all houses. Like, yeah. I'm so sorry. Here's those gold coins I've been saving for my niece's treasure hunt. You can have them. I I'm just so mean, yeah. But I don't want to do that. I want to just, like, stick to my goals. I know. So that's, I think... Are you finding that more and more as, like, you get older and wiser? Do you feel like you can... I feel like it stings more when I don't. Yeah. Because I should know better. Yes. And I still do it. Yeah. That's all. It just, it hurts more. So I do try to check in more, more with myself. Like, I'm obsessed, and everyone says it's a horrible movie, with the movie Joy, with Jennifer Lawrence, yeah. with the woman who builds the mop. And it's kind of become like a little thing with me and my girl, one of my girlfriends in L.A. She makes this mop and then she lets another guy sell it on QVC. 
And the whole time I was watching it, I was like, don't give someone else your mop. And this is our mantra now, where she's like, I want to do this job, but they're not paying me enough money. I'm like, don't give someone your mop. Like, if you make a mop or you make a show or you make a thing, I mean, be realistic. Don't be like a crazed narcissist. Mm -hmm. Get the people to help you and do the things. But if you've poured everything you have into this, don't give someone else your mop. That might be the name of this podcast. Yeah. Oh, (laughs) It's, but it's true. It's true. It does sting more. You're right. Like, do you find yourself now, like, h- how do you uh, gain confidence in order to deal with these things? My friend that told me. By, was... by, like, talking, having a good talk with myself afterwards. Yeah. And kind of going, it's happened again. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> but, you know, um, Hannah Cheeseman, who I yes. think is one of oh, the God, most dynamic yeah. ladies in our industry, she wrote on Facebook, she was like, what, where do we get our confidence from? And right. there's a, this great uh, thread oh. of, like, women saying, like, you know, I, I do this or I do this, I do yoga, I work out, or, like, things to keep you healthy and strong. Yeah, yeah. But I think that's such a great um, key so that we're not looking yeah. for confidence in the moment. Right. Like, I'm ready for co- hard things to deal with because I've already got the power. Right. As opposed to in the middle of a bad meeting going, oh, I gotta right. do some yoga and get confident. <laughs> Excuse me, guys. I yeah. just did a downward dog downward for a dog second. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna do some line breathing, and yeah. uh, once I've line, done lion's breath, I can now. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, you had a great, like, your parents were obviously people that were like, you can do anything. My mom wanted me to be. Okay, well, <laughs> she nurse. wanted me to work in a nurse. Uh, she said laundromat. <laughs> when I say anything, I mean a nurse. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, like, how do you do it now? How do you, like, solidify your confidence well instead of taking a tour back and looking at the things that didn't work Mm -hmm. I take a tour back and look at the things that did work I like that and project it forward and go things in the future are going to work as well oh I like that a lot so like instead of doing a shame a look back in shame I do a look back in like successes and victory and then go if I've done it once or twice, I can do it again. Yeah. Why don't we, like, recognize our victories as much as our failures, right? Yeah. Because I, when I teach improvising... I know, and... you never catch somebody going, I'm just sitting here thinking about the things that went great in my life. <laughs> like, nobody's... It's always like, I'm oh. just thinking about... Nobody goes to therapy and oh. talks about... Their victories? Their victories. Well, they just, like, couch it and hashtag blessed. Exactly. Oh, hashtag blessed. Bikini body, hashtag blessed. Right. <laughs> Hashtag thank you, Jesus. No, I was teaching. <laughs> I was teaching improv, and people are really good at going, oh, I didn't do this right. I didn't do this mm-hmm. right. I'm like, so tell me what your victories were. But we don't do that. We don't do that to ourselves. Do you do that with Lola? Do you tell, like to have victory chats? Yeah. Yeah. We have to treat each other like we're five I know. If we treated each other like we, or we talked to each other like we talked to our little kid. Like, yeah. she had this thing. I think I told you, she's pigeon-toed. Yes. And she was starting to think she was forgetting her sneakers. Oh, yeah. Because she was falling over her own feet. And I had to talk to her about it. And I said, are you losing your sneakers because you're scared of falling in gym? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, you have to go slower. And she said, but if I go slow, I'll never win the race. And I was like, but here's what's going to happen. Here's what's gonna, And this is like, also, do the whole mop thing. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to go a little faster and a little faster and a little faster. And one day you're just going to go, and you're going to be so fast. And it's like, I'm listening to myself say these words going, I would never say that to myself. Like, I didn't get into Second City at 21 and went home with my tail between my legs. I fell once, the equivalent of falling Mm -hmm. once in gym, and was like, it's over. Mm -hmm. And didn't say to myself, well, you're going to go back, and you're going to take another class, and you're going to make some new friends, and you're going to find your confidence, and you're going to get faster and faster and faster, Mm -hmm. and then, 
you know. That's lovely. <laughs> That's a t-shirt, but it'd be long. It's a really a long, long front and back and... Maybe Arms. someone next to you with the continuation of the shirt. It's <laughs> a partnership T-shirt. But yeah, it 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 would be great if we were that optimistic with ourselves. So let's do that. Okay. I'll be your mom, and you be my mom. Oh, which you that's kind of sort of weird. Way. Like not a mom way, though. Yeah, but that, why don't we just be friends? If you it feels just like pick up my working. clothes and then just like oh my god, do I breakfast? Pay, pay for tuition. I'm grain free oh, right now. Dear. So oh, so many <laughs> dietary restrictions. Just have some eggs and fruit. Did you think that <clears> like was there a moment in your career where you went, oh, I I got this. Never. Still not. Never. Still not. Not even like all the different successes. Like, like. I had a girl come up to me, because we're going to shoot, we sh- we're in a, the same film coming up, yeah. and one of the girls came up and she said, do you know that Jen Robertson's in this film? And she's in, she's from Twitches. <laughs> she was so excited to see you. Oh. So, like, the success that you've had, like, have none of that, like, registered as being a victory? You know what? I don't like to feed into, I, I love that she loved Twitches, and so many people, like, really love, and it will never stop airing. Uh, I'll be 90, like, in that oh. makeup thing, and people will still be like, are you the woman from Twitches? Um, it's weird. I have an aversion to becoming too attached to a success. Right. Because I feel like it feeds into some sort of ego, and I feel like ego is very unhealthy. And I think I go too far. Like, I think I don't celebrate it at all. Right, based like, on what we just talked oh, about. I got that gold medal. Just put it in my bag and, ah, it's a gold medal. It's fine. Like, I don't think I, I think there's positives to that. But I, I think maybe there's a few negatives of not celebrating it as at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, my friend Sandy mentioned the other day, he's like, you know, we don't recognize our victories anymore because... Maybe they're more, or we just go, that good. They're more like an accomplishment to check off a checklist yeah. as opposed to, oh my God, I got that thing. Right. Or, yeah. Linger. I worry about the fame thing. Yeah. I mean, it's not coming for me. <laughs> you get <laughs> recognized. No, but at this I'm with you when this, people are um, like, it's Jocelyn. At this point in my life, you know what I mean? Like that type of fame. Because I've known people who. That was their focus. Like, right. that was their dream to be in, like, a Vanity Fair yeah. photo shoot. And I think it leads to something super unhealthy that it leads to... Was that your focus, though? No, it was never my focus. Like, what was your dream? To just be working all the time. It's still yeah. my dream. I mean, and now I'm trying to be a little bit more... I have the luxury yes. right now. That's mm. all it is. Of When you're on a show, you have a little bit more wiggle room of saying yes or no to auditions <laughs> so like yes or no to offers yeah. yes or no to auditions based on the fact that you know you can pay your rent for the next year but I don't know if, if fame is the end game you're never going to be satisfied but maybe you need to reinvent what fame is for you right like the recognition you get now is Jocelyn or Twitches or whatever yeah. it is like it, as it builds because there's no reason it shouldn't well the only reason for it is to hopefully, like, you and I one day can, like, do a television show. That's the only yeah. reason. Yeah. Which is the dream, if anyone's listening. Yeah. Well, you're on Jen your way. You've got a couple. Well, we uh, need to sit yeah, down. Yeah, come on. The po- next podcast will be about our show. <laughs> um, but you've got, you're on your way. You're developing shows. Yeah. And you're, yeah. you're not waiting. No, because that's also part of it, is you have to try when you have 
a job and when you have connections to people at networks and stuff, you have to try to get your stuff, get your ideas to them mm -hmm. and see if you can push something forward. Because anybody from the outside would be like, Jen Robertson, she's got it all. <laughs> right? There were some 16-year-olds when Lola and I were coming back from the aquarium and they were like, are you Angela Montclair from Winging It? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, you're on the subway? <laughs> Like, you don't live in Beverly Hills? Yeah. And I was like, no. But also, people in New York ride the subway. Like they do. Like folks, so... Tim Gunn rides the subway. There you go. You're just the Canadian female Tim Gunn. But the teenagers were very disappointed of my non-Hollywood. But, no, so with the success... Okay, with the level of success, because I also think... I understand that level of, like, worried about your ego. I understand mm -hmm. that, but it's you have to celebrate. You have to. Because otherwise... We'll get to the end of the life and be like, yeah. well, I gave myself I didn't a lot enjoy, of notes. Yeah, yeah, and, that's true. And you you are doing so well. Fuck, I'm so fucking amazing. No, no, you went too far. You went too far. <laughs> I am the greatest. I am Canada's so general. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> there is another Janine or Jeanne um, uh, Robertson online that every time. Jenny. I, yeah, that's Jenny, fantastic. we met at an audition once. No, she can't. She's an older woman. Oh, she's, Je she's like, a, co a comedian. Okay. She's like a Christian comedian. That's like Maybe. Jeannie Robertson. Yes. But there's a Jenny Robertson who's not, I think, like just a few years older than me. And one day I like came to the sign-in sheet and signed in at an audition. And then she came and signed in. She went, oh, my God, where are you? I have to meet you. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, ah, it's you. Finally. I don't have a middle name. I have nothing. You don't have a middle name? No. Would you like one? Yes, please. Okay, I'm gonna think of think one about for it. you. Something like something. Something weird. Fun like, like um, Peter's new Opal. Opal or Jennifer Opal Jen Roberts? No, maybe not. Uh, I'll think of one. Think of something. But do you have like, if I gave you an envelope that had your dream project next, oh. what would be in the envelope? It would be it would be a show that I helped create mm -hmm. for sure. And I don't know, you know, with the one in development, we've talked about it, and I can't star in it, and that's okay. It's okay that I can be a secondary role in it, because mm -hmm. I think I, I've seen Dan with Schitt's Creek that it's so much yeah. to take on, yeah, to yeah. create and, and produce. Teresa Pavanek, too. Yeah. Right? I've never heard of Jane Schitt. Yeah. I was just amazed. Yeah. So uh, that's, to me, that would be to come up with something... And get a team and put together a show that I really put everything into and to see that get made would be pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like that's the only reason I, I want to be in the, this industry is to do, like, boy, that team that you mm -hmm. talk about. Like, that you get to work with the people. The dream that, team. Yeah. Yeah, right? Wasn't it Tina Fey, like, putting her dream team together and then... Um, she said something like, you have to be ready to see these people at 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. Like, who is it that you're ready to go through the trenches with? <laughs> yeah. Because it'll, it'll be, yeah. Hard. Yeah. Woo. What's your What's your project? What's your next, like, personal project, if it's not in the industry? My next personal project? Yeah, like, don't you have, like, I'm working on this, or I'm trying to do this less and this more. I want to take a pottery class. Do you? I do. I'm going to find a pottery class. Like a wheel? It. Yeah, a wheel. Not pigeon. I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw that clay. What did you watch Ghost too many times? No, you... I just always wanted to do it. I love it. And now I have Sundays to myself in Pasadena. So Sundays are gonna be pottery and writing. Oh, what a day. That sounds fantastic. Great day. 
I love that you're taking pottery. I I need to pull more of those like weird cuz I've been funneling projects. way too much of my energy only into creating yeah like writing and putting shows together. And I feel like you know other people talk about hobbies. <laughs> I know. And I'm like I'm going to get myself a hobby and talk like hang out with a bunch of old ladies and make pottery in Pasadena. Did you find when you cuz you hosted the HGTV we yes. really talked about that. Yeah. But like did you find watching those guys and gals go through going I got to do more of that. Because you're such a, you have a design. I have a design. I don't have the make it the make handyman it. Yeah. kind of mentality. There's a things have to be done properly, <laughs> not just right. sort of properly. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm but really great at sort of properly. Are you? I feel like you're such a you're such a perfectionist. I see like the project that you're like. I just threw this together, <laughs> and it's a work of art. Like. <laughs> Maybe, uh, maybe. The, the, it could be, there's always room for improvement. Yeah. Uh, those people blew my mind. Yeah. When it was like, okay, today you're going to, like, make a plumbing system. You're going to solder pipe together. Today you're going to install, like, an electrical three-way switch. No, today no, no. Gonna... That's not, that's dangerous. That was dangerous. <laughs> they blew a I can't fuse. do that. I can't do, like, today you're going to do electrical. No. I think that's on the brink of somebody losing their house. When I was young and ballsy, I used to change light fixtures. Did you? Yeah, someone showed me how to do it, and I'd go and buy, like, because you'd always, like, get a cute apartment in Toronto with the ugliest, and I got this, like, cute apartment that had, like, a stained glass Coca-Cola fixture, like, something from a, like, Mama's Pizza yeah, or something, yeah, yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. this is horrible, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember, and I just done a lot, I'm like, the blue wire goes to the thing, and the thing, and when I think back about me doing that, I think, what, wow. <laughs> what were you doing? But can you do it now? I don't think I would do it now, especially in an old apartment. Scarce. Wiring should not be. Did you put a lamp with a bunch of different lampshades on? Yeah. I remember that Do you that remember lamp. that? That's I the, when I awe. replaced the Coca-Cola was the. See? The... See? Like your designs really, <laughs> that was ages ago. So what was this thing that you did when you were, other things that you did like that were ballsy that you did as a kid that you should be doing now? Like why aren't we more ballsy now? Right. Um, I don't know. I guess because, I mean, stuff like that, I think, you just suddenly know too much about electrical and how fires can start. (laughs) And how the insurance won't cover it because you did the fixture yourself. (laughs) Um, I think back then, everything's wide open. And then we start to think, as we get into patterns, whether we're creative or not, we're still in patterns, and I think we start to think that we don't have options, the same amount of options that we do. Right. But we do. But we do. Yeah. Like, well, let's make more mistakes. Not necessarily with electrical, because oh, that's, yeah, like, I don't want to hurt anybody, but... <laughs> let's... Everyone, go change your own light fixtures. <laughs> There's one thing you can learn from us. <laughs> go change your own light fixture. Plumbing, try it. You got this. Yes. Google it. Heart it's surgery, be... <laughs> give it a shot. Well, you're delightful, you're delightful, and I feel I'm so lucky to have you as a friend, but also, like, you're such a great part of this community. We miss you. I know you're living in L.A. right now, but... You're only a Well, I've been gone away. for four weeks and I'm back. See, that's what happens. I know. They yeah, I'm going to have that big barbecue going away barbecue. She's like, I just gave a going away barbecue for you. And it's Not four doing weeks it again. later you're back. Yeah. yeah. So I'll be well, around. You'll, you're repping we'll us around. in L.A. And, and, uh, and you are too. Yeah. You'll be there soon. We'll be hanging out. Oh, in L.A.? We're always in a, by a pool. Oh, my God. Just... In our gold bathing suit. Yeah, having drinks served to us. Yeah. That's what it's like that's there. That's what L.A. is about. Oh, my God. I'm so scared. <laughs> 
I have so much work to do before then. Pottery. Pottery. And there you are, Jen Robertson. So funny, so smart, so thoughtful. She's just the best. And I'm the luckiest girl in the world because I get to call her my best buddy. So lucky. Uh, go follow her. Go see what she's talking about on the old Twitter machine. Her handle is at JR2.0. Yeah. And uh, yeah, catch her funny on Shit's Creek as well. She's so fantastic. Always funny on screen and in person. Always. And we're going to have a very special guest. I can't even tell you who it is. You're going to have to chime in and tune in and find out who it is. But I'm very, very excited. So, uh, yeah, go let me know what you think. We're going to be starting a um, sort of an inspiration board of sorts within our website. So I'm gathering books or documentaries. There's a great documentary about Nora Ephron somebody suggested. So I'm watching that. Um, yeah, so send me your your sparks of inspiration, and we'll put them up there. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'm going to get my butt out of this hot car slash studio. So hot. Ugh, so parched. Uh, don't forget to tell me what's going on in your world. Go get inspired or be inspiring. Have a fantastic week. And we'll see you next time on the Firecracker Department. Thanks, you guys.